gonna take a sentimental journey Gonna set my heart at ease Gonna make a sentimental journey To renew old memories Hello and welcome to Making Our Seniors Matter, the radio show that gives seniors and their caregivers some great advice, wonderful information, and entertainment like you just heard. Making Our Seniors Matter was founded by Glenn Cunningham from Real Estate Design for Seniors and Elizabeth Cunningham of Blue Willow Consulting for Seniors. So on today's show, we have quite a coup. We have Dr. Kathleen Brasher, who is a member of the Strategic Advisory Group for the World Health Organization's Global Network of Age-Friendly Cities and Communities, joining us to talk talk a little bit about how certain communities around the globe are pioneering um, age-friendly living uh, for all ages, but specifically for seniors as well, and how we can all do a better job of that. And uh, there's some wonderful communities, even in Canada, that are leading the charge on that. So we're going to take a short break. Stay with us. More after this quick break. Downsizing to a better lifestyle or making a late in life move and need real help. Real estate design for seniors has taken the stress, worry, and fear away for so many seniors and their families. Be assured you are getting the most for your home. After all, it's likely your largest investment. Don't settle for typical. Get real help from someone trained and whose focus is on helping seniors make successful and stress-free moves. Glenn Cunningham, certified professional consulting on aging, broker with Remax Realty Services Incorporated. Call direct 647-525-4621. 647-525-4621. Glenn Cunningham is the co-founder of Making Our Seniors Matter. References available. Welcome back to Making Our Seniors Matter. Elizabeth and Glenn and Margaret and myself in conversation with Dr. Kathleen Brasher. We are. Thank you, Todd. Um, Kathleen, we just spoke about how um, businesses can notice things that sometimes families don't get to because they are actually so close they don't. So when you're looking at a whole community, what advantages do you see for a community to seriously look at age-friendly business as part of their um, age-friendly city program? I, I think it's a crucial part of the work um, because, uh, you know, as, as we said earlier, our daily contact outside the home is, is with business in, in one form or another. So to be able to involve that community into creating age-friendly environments is, is fundamental. And the best way to do that is to do it in a way that supports that business to grow and develop. Um, good community development work um, needs to go hand in hand with the development of a whole community, and the development of the community happens when it's got when it's got monies flowing through it, and that when mm-hmm. businesses are thriving, um, the community is thriving. The, the, you know, that those two things are hand in glove. So the work needs to happen. Broadly, some of the some of the best examples of age-friendly communities that have have really done well. Um, the evidence tells us, and this is particularly some of the research that's come out of 
Quebec. Quebec has really led the world in the way it's examined all of the components that are necessary to create flourishing, age-friendly communities. And one of the key components they, were, they found was that when, when an age-friendly community started to be, when the, when the committees started to be formed to guide that work, when the commercial enterprises were sitting side by side, um, small to medium business through either chambers of commerce or representatives from those businesses, alongside government, transport, health services, older people themselves or their peaks, um, it, it, it was really that collaborative shared knowledge that really sparked good ideas and actually allowed the work to be grounded in the everyday community. So we know it matters. Well, that, that's very interesting. So you're, you're saying that Quebec is actually shining as, as, a, as a bright light in the world as far as, as making this happen. It has. It's, it's had very good support from its provincial government. Um, they were part of one of the, the, there were a group of 30 cities around the world that commenced this work in 2006. And um, the city of Sherbrooke in southern Quebec was one of those cities. And it had very good involvement by some leading academics in um, Sherbrooke, and they were able to provide the blueprint for how to monitor and track what's helpful and what isn't so helpful in creating the work. So they were very careful and deliberate in how they how they undertook that that evaluation work as well, um, and they've been able to go on and expand that evaluation of the ongoing work happening in Quebec. I did a. Um, a, a bit of a profile for our local CARP, which is our Canadian Association of Retired Persons for our local chapter here on uh, promoting to our city here to, you know, kind of start towards uh, the age-friendly um, age communities project. Mm -hmm. And one of the things as I was doing it that, that came to my mind was making our seniors matter. We believe that there's a connection between the health component and the financial or business component that people have in order to make their whole, you know, holistic life look a whole lot better. But is there any proof or any any direction that by making a, a, a healthier community, I don't mean a healthier, I mean making the community more favorable to the aging community, that it saves enough money or saves a lot of money in health care that could be put back into infrastructure. Health care is basically something you you spend on a person or, or obviously a number of people, but infrastructure, you know, we talk about leveling sidewalks and whatnot, I mean, that stays forever. That's right. There's certainly, it, it's, it's often very difficult to get a very a clear one-to-one -one relationship between a change in infrastructure and a health outcome. So what we try to do is create a line of logic that says if you do the, take these preventative steps then you're likely to reduce the risk of a whole lot of diseases. So some early work that was done um, in British Columbia and I'm, I, I think it was Elaine Gallagher was the 
academic, the name's just gone out of my head. Um, what they tried to do was to take each of the parts of the age-friendly cities work, so each of those eight domain areas, and say, if work was undertaken in each of those, what was the health saving that could be made? Um, so there is some evidence out there specifically related to the age-friendly communities. And the work now is starting to be, um, be more deeply embedded than it has in particular parts of the world where that evidence is now coming through. So we know if you keep, if you make sure that people can keep up their exercise, that's simply walking and doing some strength mm -hmm. training. Absolutely. So if you do look after the sidewalks, if you open up shopping malls to walking groups when when the shopping centres are quiet so that people can walk in safe places right. and yep. out of minus 40 degrees for you and plus 40 degrees for me <laughs> <laughs> where I live, um, then, then just by people walking regularly every day, meeting friends, having some social interaction, reduces people's risk of, of, of certainly some of the forms even of dementia have been shown to be slowed by, by physical activity and social interaction. So it, it's absolutely true if you spend money that looks after the whole of the community, you'll improve the health of everyone and you'll reduce those acute hospital costs. Um, we, we still have a way to go with that though. Yeah. One of the things I like about age-friendly communities so much is, is we, we're obviously involved with seniors, making our seniors matter, it says so. Uh, but I think that when we create a place that's safe and caring for our seniors, it, it, it just is everybody else gets the benefit. I mean, if the sidewalks are good, mum can walk the strollers. If, if we right. can exercise I, somewhere, we can all go and exercise yeah, somewhere. I, uh, I, so I, one of the I, wonderful I things that Orangeville has done is built this amazing playground um, at, at, in a park at the base of a senior's apartment building. And it looks like a regular playground, but if you're a senior and you go there and you actually try the equipment, you'll be rotating your, your shoulders on one of the games that's there and, and walking with equipment that walks really smoothly because it, it's it's built for seniors. It's a playground for seniors. It's an absolutely wonderful idea, and it, it's, it's where we were we were so pleased to start with Orangeville with that. And we just said we we actually saw a family go on it while we were there, and said, well, it it says it's for seniors, but it really is for everybody, and so is age-friendly cities. Yeah. I agree, and one of the things that, that certainly I, I talk about um, with some of the members of government down where I live is that we look at we try to look at the way in which we can indicate that a community is doing well, and and I've worked with Community Indicators Victoria, and. Um, one of the things that I now say, if, if you've got older adults walking on the street um, into the evening, then that's a safe place to walk. So then it is going to be safe for, uh, for young women to be out walking. It's going to be safe Absolutely. for people to be you know, jogging and taking their dogs. So it, if, when we provide those environments that encourage older people to get out, it, there is that sense of community that's created and then it feels safer. You know what, Liz, you knew I had to jump in at some point. <laughs> I, thought, I thought this was strange. I thought you yes. Oh, goodness, no, I'm just listening intently and, and smiling ear to ear. Uh, Kathleen, I, 
you know, as a therapist and an owner of a clinic and, and being a, a daughter of, of aging parents who I adore, one of the things that I think, all of the things you're talking about, and in summary, intergenerational living is so mm-hmm. crucial for the health of everyone, Absolutely. the communities. And this is exactly what we're talking about. And there's lots of research. We've covered that here on this show in previous times about the research in, in terms of intergenerational living. And so it excites me on so many levels of the passion and the expertise that you're bringing to this topic, because I care about holistic health. That's where, where I have my strength, but I also know the importance of intergenerational living and supporting and, and to hear that what you're doing and and what we can do collectively um, like you said it is a win for everyone oh absolutely intergenerational solidarity is a key component of the work mm-hmm. um, in in Australia where where I live a, a quarter of children under the age of 12 are cared for by grandparents or great-grandparents mm-hmm. um, you know so that's a huge contribution to the whole of the community because it allows their parents to go back to work or to study or or to do whatever they need to be doing while the grandparents or great-grandparents are caring for children. So then we think about what do children need to grow well and, you know, how do we need to make sure that the the health services that children are going to are accessible by their parents, their grandparents and great-grandparents. You know, it's a lovely story about the park that Liz just spoke about because both... Well, you know, all of those generations are going to be there together. And this is the first time in in living history, in, in human history, that we have had five generations together, alive, yes. living, working, loving, playing. So we need to create new spaces because there are a whole lot of new experiences that we've never had before as families taking place. And... So, and new memories as a result. And oh, fabulous. Yeah. Well, you know what? We said we were only going to do two segments with you, and who are we kidding? If you could just hold with us and hold tight, um, we're just going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back here with more Making Our Seniors Matter. Independence matters. Terry McIntyre is a full-service investment advisor who researches and advises the best products in all markets, then advises which best meets your needs and risk tolerance. We are all individuals and need to be treated as individuals. Investments, income, and estate planning have become very non-personal at the big institutions. You deserve to work with a professional who crafts investments to meet your needs. Terry McIntyre, investment advisor, Manual Life Securities Incorporated. Call 905-896-9060 or go to terrymcintyre.ca. Back to making our seniors matter, segment number three with Dr. Brasher, and just so much great information coming everyone's way. I've got my, I think I've run out of ink already on my pen. <laughs> yes, important notes indeed, Todd. Not just uh, for us as as business owners, but for also us as. Uh, children of aging parents um, and this is what this show is all about providing a true trusted resource for seniors and their families and and I know Glenn you're here on the line and smiling ear to ear as well and I know you've got uh, another question to ask uh, uh, Dr. Um, Kathleen before we head out. Yes I certainly have uh, we had the pleasure this afternoon of uh, spending some time uh, on YouTube and uh, Dr. Brescher, you you have a, a video on there that I think it was some presentation you made in Australia uh, to uh, to a group there, and there was quite a bit of content in regards to the value of seniors 
because of their volunteerism? I think it, it, it's a really huge, important point that we need to make. Often, um, and it, it's one of the areas that I'm not so confident about my knowledge of Canada. I feel like there are some things I, I can talk about, and the Blue Jays being one of them now. I'm not sure on the... Sorry? As long as you don't talk about our Toronto Maple Leafs, you're good. Okay. Um, in, in Australia, some of the conversations that have been happening at a political level have been quite negative about the, the burden of older people, the, um, the, the sense that they're a drain on, on the public purse. And they'll talk about... Um, ratios of, of the workforce to the retired workforce as, as if this is a really terrible problem. And what they don't include in, the, in GDP figures or in workforce figures is the contribution of older people as volunteers. And it is extraordinarily high. And some work that's been undertaken by a, a number of academic groups in Australia has been to try to quantify that, to put some, both some, some numbers to it, but also some costs against it. And what they've been able to show is that there's a gender difference in volunteering. Women tend to volunteer around caregiving, so they may well be caring for older parents, um, their, their peers that are unwell, so people around their own age, whether they're 60, 70 or 80, um, and, and significantly younger people, so caring for teenagers and caring for young children, doing a lot of care for people with disabilities and providing the backbone of community-based services for people with disabilities. Um, and um, older men are the second highest rate of volunteers, of volunteers in Australia. So they're providing um, community transport services. We have, a, we have a high rate of volunteerism in our community fire brigades um, and emergency response services, yeah. particularly across yeah. rural and regional Victoria uh, and rural areas across Australia. And I'm sure that's the same here as well. And, and, and older men are really not only out there doing the active work, but also manning the volunteer booths when they're set up in times of flood and fire. Um, so the contribution is, is considerable. Um, and so that's been, that's been able to be quantified and given, given a financial cost. The other thing that older people do that doesn't get included in the GDP but has a huge impact on the economic well-being of families is that they gift downwards. So in Australia, the highest rate of gifting money um, is from older generations to younger generations. Mm -hmm. So while they may not be selling the family home, they're certainly giving away any um, any any capital that they can and giving it to younger members of their families. So children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, predominantly for health, education and housing. Actually, uh, Kathleen, just uh, one of the things that came out, CMHC is the Canadian uh, Mortgage and Housing Corporation, and they do a lot of our statistics uh, related to housing, and they sent out a report not very long ago that 
25% of first-time buyers are now having monies that are coming from a parent or a grandparent in order to uh, facilitate the down payment for a home. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm sure that that's, that's the same kind of numbers as what you have. And the other is volunteerism. You can't go into a hospital here without just an awful uh, amount of, of volunteerism in the hospitals or in the, in the seniors' uh, clubs and organizing things. Uh, I think it's actually something that's we picked up with, with your talk the younger people have a tendency maybe to volunteer with their kids sports whether it be hockey or baseball or soccer or dance or whatever but they're not as involved as as i don't even think traditionally the uh, now boomer or z, uh, senior people have been throughout their life and it's a little bit on the concerning side that that may be something that dwindles and, and, and I'm at that age where I'm really concerned about it because by the time I get to where I need it, I, I hope there's somebody there doing something for me. I, I, I think there will be. I, I'm confident that while we, we know the ways in which people volunteer is changing, what we do know is that one of the great benefits of getting older is that you do get wiser. And it's shown that, that the brain changes that happen with ageing, we might lose some short-term memory, but what we gain is a, we gain more understanding of how to be um, social beings in the world. Um, we're certainly more emotionally attuned, both men and women become more emotionally yep. attuned as they get older. And so we, we're less interested in um, becoming the corporate high flyer at 70, and we're more likely to work altruistically for the whole mm -hmm. of the community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, so I think we, we learn that it feels good to volunteer. It feels there's a huge paycheck at the end of the day in your heart if oh, you volunteer and do something good for somebody. And I think that's what we learn as we grow older, that yeah. the thank yous and the smiles we get from someone else are, are so valuable. Yeah. Kathleen, we're going to have to wrap up here in a couple okay. of minutes. Is there anything else you would like to share with us before we have to say goodbye and, and wish you a wonderful trip back to Australia, where I, I gather it's warmer than yeah, it's going to be? It is quite warm at home. I've, I've been, you know, the children have been telling me about the, the, the weather as it's been changing, so it's been a topic of conversation. Yeah. Just to wish you all the best. It's the most fabulous journey to go on to create age-friendly communities. It, it's, it's one that it gives me such joy and excitement. It's not easy work sometimes. Um, and it, it really comes down to um, the hard work of making those sound connections in community with all sorts of different people, bringing them around the table to, to create a shared vision of what this community might look like if it is indeed an age-friendly community and the benefits that that will bring to the community. And then taking some small steps towards making that a reality. Well, Kathleen, we want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise and your passion that you're doing worldwide to make a difference um, in our communities. Thank you for joining us here on Making Our Seniors Matter Radio. Oh, it's been a great pleasure, Margaret. Thank you very much. And have a safe trip back to Australia, a place that I've always wanted to go. And hopefully when I do make it down under, uh, we will be able to connect and share our passion uh, for taking care of this very special population and making our communities a safer place for all of us. Well, I'd be delighted to host you, Margaret. That would be terrific. 
Thank you. We uh, Take care and stay tuned as we are always doing great things here on Making Our Seniors Matter. Guests like Dr. Brasher is just incredible to have here on our show. We are truly blessed. And until next time, be well. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know where to start and I don't know who to call. These are some of the first sentences I hear from my clients who are considering whether or not to make a transition in their lives. They may wish to stay safely in their houses with some extra supports or move to a more simple lifestyle such as a residence or apartment. I'm told I'm kind of like a wedding planner without the wedding. I listen for the needs, make a plan, and then bring in all the trusted professionals that will execute the plan while I support and guide my client throughout the process. Hello, my name is Elizabeth Cunningham, Certified Professional Consultant on Aging, and my company, Blue Willow Consulting for Seniors. If you think I can help you or your family, please get in touch with me and we can chat. I'm always open to a cup of tea and a conversation. You can find my contact information at www.makingourseniorsmatter.com or bluewillowforseniors.com. Remember, you don't have to be in this alone. I'm here to help. Welcome back to Making Our Seniors Matter. And when can you tune in? You can tune in to Making Our Seniors Matter each Monday at 2 p.m. and 8 p.m. But if you miss it, you can find it on demand or podcast the following day. And you can find that at makingourseniorsmatter.com. And also you can find all the wonderful information about the incredible sponsors that make this radio program possible. We'd love you to frequent their businesses, call them and let them know that you're listening. It, uh, it just makes us um, viable and makes this program viable to share this information with you weekly. If you'd like to comment on something you've heard, if you have a program idea or something you'd like us to talk about on the show, if you'd like to make a song request or you'd like to nominate a senior for our Shining Senior Moment, please call us on the old-fashioned telephone, which I still love using, 1-866-269-6155. That is 1-866-269-6155, extension number three, toll-free call, no charges for you. Making Our Seniors Matter is produced for WOW Radio by Listen Up Talk Radio. Thank you for listening. Thank you.